0: From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity.
1: Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that beef on or abolish the cops crap. This
0: is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.
1: Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Good to be back here in the Carolinas after a couple of days north of here, where it's much colder. I think I like the South a whole lot better. Which is why I've been in the South now for, what, 40 years? Well, I'm really dating myself by revealing that information. In any case, great to be back with you. And as I like to do, I want to start with a couple of items that are positive developments that have occurred over the past couple of days during the time I have been away. It's really encouraging... And I don't think we are appropriately thankful for the system, the wisdom of the founding fathers in the system of checks and balances that have been set up to protect us. There are a lot of people have all kinds of things to say about our founding documents and how they were put together by a bunch of racist white people. It needs to be understood at the core of these founding documents is an effort to preserve freedom, an effort to limit government. Those things go together. The stronger government becomes, the less freedom you have. That's just reality. And the founders recognized... Whatever you want to say about them, even those who were slave owners, the predominant view at the time, driven by clearly Christian influence, they understood the corruptible nature of human beings. And the only way you can protect other human beings from government is to limit its power. So we have this system. Of checks and balances to prevent any branch of government from operating outside of its authority. Congress can pass laws but ultimately the president has to sign. The president can propose things he has certain executive authorities but mainly it's his job to follow the Constitution. He's not supposed to be able to unilaterally do things that are essentially law. He is not a lawmaker. The court's job is not to create laws, but is to clarify what the founding documents say. And to judge what Congress comes up with, or the President comes up with for that matter, And make sure that it remains within constitutional bounds. These are all wonderful protections for us. And I'm telling you this morning, I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful these are in place. Otherwise, we would see much more tyranny than I believe we already see. A couple of very important court cases... On Monday, we had the appeals court saying that the White House could not require federal contractors to ensure their workers are vaccinated against COVID-19 as a condition of government contracts. The U.S. government has contracts with thousands of companies, and courts have said the issue could affect up to 20% of U.S. workers. A panel of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals voted 2-1 to one to uphold a lower court decision That blocked President Joe Biden's September 2021 contractor vaccine executive order in those states after Louisiana, Indiana, and Mississippi brought a suit to seek invalidation of the mandate. And again, as I have done in the past, I applaud these states for stepping up to the plate to basically say this president does not have the authority to do what he's trying to do. And I love what the court said. It's very clear. The court said Biden wanted it to ratify an exercise of proprietary authority that would permit him to unilaterally impose a health care decision on one-fifth of all employees in the United States. We declined to do so. No president should be able to wave some sort of magic wand and say, just because I'm president, I can make such a monumental decision. He has no authority to do this. The majority opinion written by Judge Kurt Engelhart, said a broad interpretation of the law could give Biden nearly unlimited authority to introduce requirements into federal contracts. Illustrating that point, he said, hypothetically, the president could mandate that all employees of federal contractors reduce their BMI, their body mass index below a certain number on the theory that, you know, obesity, it's a primary contributor to unhealthiness and absenteeism. So why not put that requirement in place? Do you see? I love when logic is applied because it works. Because this becomes very arbitrary. The Justice Department tried to defend this mandate in a court filing, saying Biden's order was justified under the Procurement Act. Judge James Graves' dissent noticed this was the first executive order under the Procurement Act to be struck down. When actions taken are in the mainstream of American businesses, that points toward permitting the executive order economic factors would prevent the president from handicapping the contractor workforce with extreme contractual terms. Now Graves, as we mentioned, was the dissenter, disputed the BMI comparison saying if a president sought to impose draconian measures outside the mainstream of American companies, he or she would hear from the people or from Congress. But we celebrate the fact The appeals court has said, you cannot do this. Again, an example of our checks and balances working. This is vitally important. Because I'm telling you, we have people in this country right now, in all three branches of government. If it were left up to them, we would be under a dictatorship with the so-called experts making executive decisions without congressional authority, without a law being passed, but simply a decree. Because we know what's best for you. I'm glad at least we have a court that's recognized no, no, no. This is entirely inappropriate. Still to come in the broadcast, another victory, at least temporarily. This one affecting issues at the border. We'll talk about this and much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Stay with us. on the Vince Coakley Radio Program on this Wednesday. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Market Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 8 1110 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. And on the text line, we've got some real gems. I'm serious about it. No crazy stuff yet. <laughs> I don't believe in jinxes either. There's something else going on besides the intentional Destruction of the economy. The country is being set up for unlawful, illegal immigrant. No, let's back this up. Unlawful, illegal, eminent domain. Confiscation of personal and corporate housing properties. If you have a house bigger than what the government says your needs are, you will have to forfeit it. Because of the housing crisis created by the illegals coming into the country. This will come across as a humanitarian need. (laughs) This is brilliant thinking. And unfortunately, this is how certain people in our country think that they have the right to confiscate what's yours to give to someone else. And if you're going to do that, as is done with our welfare system, where does it end? How can you place limits on this behavior? This text is brilliant. As great as founders and the principles they espoused were, there's one thing they could not protect us from, and that is our own stupidity. Boy, isn't that the truth? Kind of reminds me of that proverb that says, the wise woman builds her house, the foolish woman pulls it down with her hands. Isn't this what we've got in this country right now? We've got a bunch of foolish people. Not building a house. They're putting their hands to destruction. To tear down the foundations. Not even understanding why those foundations are there. And this one I had to save for last. I really like this. Dean and his dystopian dream. It's kind of scary. Vince, I missed you. I had a dream last night. It was 30 years into the future sadly Trump had passed but the good news was the government (laughs) the government still works they had just passed a motion to exhume Trump's body and prosecute him for inciting democracy by the way everybody had to live in purification suits because the air and water become toxic and everyone now had a gun and it was legal to shoot people that hurt your feelings. (laughs) Isn't this? I know it sounds kind of extreme, but aren't we heading this way, folks? Aren't we heading this way? We are looking to create another class, I guess you can say, of, quote, oppressors. Under the guise of protecting certain classes of people. So why not? Oh my goodness. It's amazing to me. The things I've just encountered the past couple of days. Just the stupidity. Let me give you an example of this. I had one show on. This friend had asked me to watch the show. And... There was a situation where babies were born, a male and a female. So a person walks in and says, hey, how cool, a boy and a girl. And one of the people in the relationship said, we don't know that yet. I just wanted to, I just wanted to just absolutely Break the television. This is the kind of stupidity that passes for entertainment. Do you see how this has infected everything? We don't know that yet. And I was was just thinking, what's going to be the impact of children raised with the idea that they're neither male nor female and they need to come to the point where they decide what they're going to be? I mean, you can't. come up with ideas that really rival this in stupidity. This is really way out there. But this is our culture, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about immigration. So another positive development, while your host was gone, on the subject of Title 42. Now, Title 42, the end of it, is something that has been greatly dreaded by the folks on the southern border, specifically places like El Paso. The good news is right now, Title 42 is in limbo. The Texas border city of El Paso is reported by BBC News grappling with a mountain of a humanitarian crisis. As this Trump-era policy hangs in the balance. Right now, many migrants unsheltered. Title 42 gives the government the power to automatically expel undocumented migrants. It's blocked thousands of people from crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. The policy was set to expire today. But has won a temporary reprieve from the Supreme Court. This is the other example. Of our checks and balances working. On Monday, Chief Justice John Roberts temporarily blocked its termination pending a ruling on an emergency appeal from some Republican led states who've asked the policy remain in place. So we've got a reprieve here. And the next move, the next chess move for the Biden administration, they're asking the Chief Justice to allow Title 42 to end. They did that yesterday. You know what's startling about this? 19 GOP-led states started this court action. This is why it's so important that we have sovereign states. Because the states are one other layer of protection to protect you. When the federal government is determined to screw you, The administration responding to Roberts' administrative stay, in which he temporarily halted the end of the policy, set to end today. Most Republicans, some Democrats, say it's essential to border control. Immigration advocates, see, this is a misnomer. The Hill has written, these are not immigration advocates. These are illegal immigration advocates and most democrats oppose title 42 mainly because it undermines the asylum system in its response to roberts the administration publicly recognized the public health reasoning behind the policy is no longer valid by the way if it's no longer valid why do we need any vaccine mandates just saying Under Title 42, U.S. border officials are allowed to skip asylum processing for migrants from many countries, instead quickly expelling the migrants back to their home country, or in the case of many Central Americans, back across the border to Mexico. So the question is, is this going to remain in place? We'll talk a little bit more about this and the stakes in this very important battle. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. I assume this texter is basically citing what is motivating the continued undermining of our country stupidity and greed. Yeah, those are big factors, aren't they? Vince, it drives me crazy when people say this is our culture. No, this is their culture. I'm not participating in their nonsense. (laughs) Good for you. I don't blame you. Vince, the children of today who don't know if they're male or female are being trained to be the USA's version of the CCP. Chinese Communist Party. Nothing more. Scary stuff. Yes, it's propaganda. And it surrounds us everywhere. For the break, I was telling you about Title 42 and how it gained a reprieve from Chief Justice John Roberts. So what we're waiting for now is a final determination on whether this policy will go away. The states are hoping this will stay in place, at least another line of defense to keep people out who do not belong here. Title 8. Well, let me first mention Title 42. Under it, U.S. border officials are allowed to skip asylum processing for migrants from many countries, instead quickly expelling the migrants back to their home country, or in the case of many Central Americans, back across the border to Mexico. While Title 8 makes it somewhat harder to quickly expel migrants, it allows border officials to fully screen for asylum claims and it imposes criminal penalties, or it certainly is something that needs to be put in place. It puts these criminal penalties on repeat unauthorized border crossers. Title 42, legally based on a Centers for Disease Control and Prevention order, to keep the coronavirus from spreading through the border. But the CDC's involvement in its implementation is now known to have been the result of political pressure from the Trump White House, according to The Hill. (laughs) So there were no questions about the original public health considerations behind Title 42. But Justice Roberts was told they're no longer valid, as the CDC issued a termination of its emergency order back in April. So this is what the Biden administration will try to use to bring it in to Title 42. You know, the thing that this can all be more simply decided and determined by simply securing our border. Folks, this stuff is not complicated at all. It really isn't. And the question today, just like the question in the early part of the 2000s, The 1990s, the 1980s, back during the Reagan era, the issue is the same. Is there a will to enforce our border? And that's the bottom line. It's not there. The bottom line is politicians do not care. Even though this is a foundational constitutional responsibility of theirs to protect the country from invasion. If this is not an invasion, when you've got millions of people coming across your border... Uninvited, what do you call it? If someone goes into your house in the middle of the night, uninvited, what is that called? I believe we call these home invasions. This is not complicated. Not in the least bit. I want to turn our attention as well to... Some interesting battles going on within the Republican Party. I've got to tell you, this is the biggest cluster. I mean, it's really frustrating to watch. And you have to ask yourself, where is my team? Do you feel this way? Are you asking that question? Where is my team? Where am I represented in this little chess game in Washington, D.C.? Newsweek reporting Republicans on the brink of civil war as House GOP threatens Senate colleagues. Well, now we've got a war going on between members of the House and members of the Senate. What's happening here? Well, a group of 13 Republican members, the incoming House, they've sent a letter to their colleagues over in the Senate, warning them against supporting an omnibus spending bill this week. One of the people I really have come to like is Congressman Chip Roy. Good for him. It's sad to me that we've only got 13 here. The whole House ought to be in an uproar. The whole House, every single one of them, should have come out in the Capitol steps and said to the U.S. Senate, the Republicans in the Senate, you do this omnibus bill, And there will be consequences. Here's what's happening here. Chip Roy, sharing letter to Twitter, as the Senate works to pass the bill designed to fund the federal government and prevent a potential shutdown. In their letter, the lawmakers threaten to oppose any GOP senator who supports the bill, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who has touted the legislation. The signatories included... Ten current members of the House, three newly elected members who will take their seats next month. The strongly worded letter may be the opening salvo at a potential Republican civil war as the party prepares for its House majority when the new Congress meets January 3rd. If the omnibus spending bill passes before the Friday shutdown, it will be achieved while Democrats are still in control of the House and President Joe Biden's party. It's hoping senators will approve the measure before the new Congress meets. There have already been divisions among House Republicans about the election of Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. McCarthy said this week, GOP senators should not vote for the omnibus spending bill. The 13 House Republicans urged their Senate colleagues not to pass the spending bill during the lame duck session just days before members of Congress head home for the holidays. Senate Republicans have the 41 votes necessary to stop this and should do so now and show the Americans who elected you they weren't wrong in doing so. All it takes is 10 Senate Republicans to vote in favor of the spending bill and it will pass why are we even having this conversation why why is it necessary because we have people who at their very core I'm reminding you again are not conservatives and I have gotten to the point I really think that word rhino I'm sick of the word I really am because it doesn't begin to tell you who these people are they're not just rhinos these people are profoundly unprincipled. The letter goes on to say The American people did not elect us, any of us, to continue the status quo in Washington, as this bill will undoubtedly do. Republicans warned their Senate colleagues would be giving up an important point of leverage, the power of the purse, that could be used to address the Biden administration's purposeful refusal to secure and defend our borders. They've got leverage here, folks. All they have to do is use it. And my suspicion is they won't. Stay with us. Over on the text line, not surprisingly, lots of expressions regarding the immigration policies of the border. This text is saying the southern border continues to be wide open. America is officially in decline and possible ruin. Secure the border. There's a fence around the White House for security. The wealthy establishment has fences and gates around their homes for security. Of course they do. Why do we want to close borders? Show me proof where over the last 20 years, America has suffered more than benefited with our southern immigrants. Reagan even said, if you're in America, you're paying taxes on every dollar spent. I just don't think it's a home invasion. It's a much better person that has incentive to improve their lives, but are virtually closed out from the current elitist immigration policies to only serve people like us. That's from Dean. Vince, so I have some thoughts regarding immigration. I'm not against existing laws. We've had this issue with the border for one, two, five, even 20 years. Hmm. This texture about what's going on with the leadership crisis among Republicans. We're in for a big disappointment. I have no faith they will vote like that. As in <laughs> the right way. They don't care. Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing. Vince, we should call them uppers or youpers, unprincipled, erratic Republican senators. <laughs> I'm increasingly convinced that principled conservative constitutionalists are the rhinos. Elected officials in the party keep showing us who they are, and it's not in sync with us. Really? Interesting take on this entire situation. So, we've talked about one set of battles that's taking place over the omnibus bill. And of course, you know they've got to pass this because the government has to be funded. We don't want funding to run out on Friday and the government start shutting down. That would be the end of the world, right? We also have this nugget Lauren Boebert. Saying she's not going to support House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy as the next speaker unless there's a mechanism to easily remove him from the top post. Speaking at a Turning Point USA conference in Phoenix, Boebert said we have to have an accountability mechanism on the Speaker of the House. This is third in command for the presidency of the United States of America. We're going to strip away the one check and balance members of Congress have. Some House Republicans want the ability for any lawmaker to call a motion to vacate the speaker chair to make it easier to remove someone from the leadership post. It was House Speaker Nancy Pelosi who revised the motion to vacate rule to require a majority of caucus members to agree for its use. Pelosi tweaked the rule after one GOP lawmaker used the motion to push Speaker John Boehner into retirement back in 2015. Do you remember that? Hey, we were involved in that right here. We were encouraging that to get rid of Boehner. Pelosi was determined. Not going to do that to me. What did I say earlier about tyranny? What did I say earlier about dictatorships? This is the default position of many of these politicians. They will do everything they can. Not only do they put walls and fences up to protect their property, they put walls and fences up to protect their power because they are determined nobody is going to take power away from them once they get it. I love the way the Hill characterizes this. See, I think this is irresponsible, so-called journalism. Listen to this line. McCarthy is facing resistance from a small band of far-right lawmakers as he seeks to become the next Speaker of the House in January with a narrow GOP majority. I wonder how many times the Hill has referred to anybody as far-left. Joe Biden's far-left. His policies have been far-left. Bernie Sanders, the the guy's a Marxist. But you don't use such references to them. We just call people far right. I don't consider Ralph Norman of South Carolina to be a far right person. See, this is just profoundly irresponsible any case, while not naming McCarthy the far-right House Freedom Caucus, the chairman, Scott Perry, led six other GOP lawmakers in releasing a list of demands for the next speaker, including one to reinstall the rule allowing any member to call for a motion to vacate. This is how they got rid of Boehner. They want to make sure that this is not in place, and you can be sure McCarthy's not going to want this. He wants to make sure he gets there and he can stay there. This is pretty standard political garbage. Much more as we continue the broadcast, including an opportunity for you to serve some of the wonderful children in our community. We'll get to that and much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the hearts of the Carolinas. A breath of fresh air. A voice of reason. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast. Good to be back with you. I want to uh, turn our attention... To something very important this time of year you know it's one thing to be in need it's one thing to deal with ongoing and pressing problems with poverty it's especially a disturbing thing to have that kind of situation around the holiday season And I'm always encouraged when I see efforts underway to mitigate this in some way, to help people in need. One such effort is spearheaded by our good friend, who is joining us now, David Chadwick, Moments of Hope Church partnering with WBT to raise funds to feed kids in need this holiday season. The effort well underway, and David Chadwick joins us now. Good morning. Welcome back, sir.
0: Yeah, Vince, good morning to you, and thank you for having me on your show. Sure admire you. Thank you for what you say, what you believe, and the stands that you take.
1: Hey, thanks very much. Well, let's... uh Tell us first off about what it is you're doing, how it works, and where we stand now in the process of uh, really bringing together resources to, to meet so many needs this holiday season.
0: Yeah, Vince, this happened about uh, three years ago during the pandemic uh, when I was talking with Bo Thompson and Pat McCrory then when he was working with Bo. And we said, what can we do to help this city during this real crisis? And we determined that feeding hungry kids would be the best thing we could do because it was such a problem then. Uh, so the church I pastor, Moments of Hope Church, uh, offered a matching gift that he the listeners of WBT through Bose microphone and yours and others uh, met that gift uh, astoundingly, and we partnered with several different organizations in Charlotte that go across the what's called the poverty crescent from the east to the west, and we identified different agencies that feed hungry kids in that crescent from the east to the west, and. So last year we decided to do it again and had an astounding result again. And this year Bo and I were talking with Beth and we said, you know, why not try it again? So the church I pastor again, Moments of Hope Church, has given $50,000 as a matching gift. And we're appealing to the WBT listening audience to match that gift. We know $1 becomes 2 5 becomes 10 a 100 becomes 200 And then all of it, 100%, no overhead whatsoever will go to these different agencies feeding hungry kids throughout Charlotte. And Vince, although the pandemic has decreased in intensity, certainly, uh, we recognize that with the inflation issue and other economic problems that surround us, this problem has not gone away. If in anything, it has increased. So we're hoping to give $100,000 by January the 1st to different agencies throughout Charlotte that can feed hungry kids, especially during the Christmas season when these kids aren't in school and they don't have any opportunity to eat we just think this is something that we can do to give our lives away and you know vince is a follower of jesus you know he said it it's more blessed to give than to receive there's a reason that miser and miserable come from the same etymological. i love that yeah (laughs) i mean we're we are happier when we give so that's the that's the genesis of how all this happened and why it's continuing
1: today that is pretty awesome i've got to remember that one like uh miser and miserable they go together very important to remember that
0: i've never seen an unhappy generous person
1: (laughs) that's very true very true uh i want to ask about where we stand with the goal now Uh, you want to reach hundred thousand? how far do you have to go to get there
0: well as of yesterday we were a little over 50 percent of the goal there so we have raised about $50,000 of our $100,000 goal and any listener who wants to can go easily to this uh, address cityofhopeclt.org cityofhopeclt.org and you can give right there online and again Vince immediately your $5 becomes 10 your 100 becomes 200 and we're going to go to the first of the year. We think we can reach this goal. A lot of people aren't thinking about giving right now. They're just doing all their furious Christmas shopping. But maybe pause for a second, listeners, and say, maybe this year I don't need to give a gift to somebody who doesn't really need anything else. I could give a gift to Feed Hungry Kids in the name of that person and therefore reach this goal.
1: It's a pretty uh, awesome undertaking, no question about it. We're having a conversation here with David Chadwick. Can you give us a sense, one of the things I like about this is you're not, recreating the wheel you're basically going to existing organizations who are already on the ground doing the work which is one of the reasons you can avoid additional overhead costs which is pretty awesome uh, give us a sense of the impact and because i'm sure you've gotten responses from people who have been helped in some way by this uh, what does it look like on the ground uh, the people on the other side of this
0: yeah well, one example that comes to mind is we partner with Camino uh, Ministries on the north side of town, and they have a holistic understanding of presenting the gospel, you know, including body, soul, and spirit, so um they, interestingly, have a lot of people who are here, and they are our landscapers, our yard workers, but you know, Vince, during this time of year with the raw weather like it is, the rain and the cold, they can't work, and when they can't work, they don't get paid, so Camino Church had a family that came forward last year and received the food gift that we're talking about for their children. They've since been able to get on their feet, and they went back to Camino this year, and they gave a gift to help out the kids that are now presently in that situation, and I just think that's 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 cool. Uh, There's another one on the east side of town, Neighborhood Hope, where uh, I know that Josh Meadows, who oversees that ministry, uh, had received a gift of caring for and giving food to hungry kids. And it was the very thing that allowed the kids to get back into public schools because they couldn't go. They were so weak and tired by not having any food. And we fail to realize sometimes that food is a brain mechanism. And if you and I, Vince, and others in the city want to see upward mobility among those in the underserved areas, we need to feed our kids because, again, if they can't eat, they can't think. And if they can't think, they're not going to do well in school.
1: Yep, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, this is uh, something that's been so important. It's we've uh, seen and heard so many examples of this during the COVID era uh, about the importance of these kids being able to have healthy meals. You know, and, and one of the things that we've talked about before is. Uh, Just how important, going back to the theme of giving in this holiday season and the simplicity of it, uh, again, remind us, uh, how can somebody make a contribution? Yeah,
0: it's easy, it's simple, and we designed it such. And let me again preface this statement with 100% of all (laughs) funds goes to the feeding of the kids. There's no overhead I don't get anything. My is paid for by the church I pastor, the other organizations as well, by the funds they receive. This is promised to go straight to the kids. They can go to City of Hope, CLT, City of Hope, CLT, and Vince, the desire is that somehow Charlotte could become a city of hope, that around us in this new, shining, bright uh, South um, city that. Is one of the fastest growing in the nation that that we could be known as a city of hope and that we give hope to people's lives who come here live here and it's just known for a place that loves to give city of hope clt org
1: terrific terrific David Chadwick thanks very much absolutely appreciate your heart and what you're pursuing here and uh, we hope that this helps to accelerate reaching that goal that you have set Uh, thanks for coming on the broadcast this morning
0: Thank you, Vince. And let us all remember this time of year, for those of us who follow Jesus, God so loved the world, he became one of us in a baby, so God must love little kids. He started out as one.
1: Amen to that. The important point I've made before about identification, that's where it starts in the gospel, identification. David Chadwick, Moments of Hope Church, joining us on the broadcast. Thanks for coming on, sir, and Merry Christmas.
0: Yes, thank you, Vince. Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners. May we all desire to give more than we receive.
1: Amen. If you would like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Market Stock Line, 800-928-1110, 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 713 So, I think some of you are going to be surprised by a position that I'm taking on something. And I say this because some people just have false impressions about my perspectives on things. We'll get to this in a moment. Justin Amash makes an interesting observation, and he would know. Having been a member of Congress about the dysfunction on Capitol Hill, he says for four straight years, the longest streak in history, Speaker Pelosi has not allowed a single amendment to be offered from the House floor. Not a single one. Democracy didn't die in darkness. It died right in front of our eyes in the Capitol with so many in the media watching and applauding. Don't let anybody fool you with this talk about democracy. This crooked witch has basically undermined democracy at the same time trying to give the impression that they're there to save democracy. Do not believe it. Do not believe it at all. And lest anybody think I'm partisan on this. If this is the kind of governance we would see from Kevin McCarthy, screw him too. We can do without this. We have got to make ourselves distinguishable from the Democrats. If we're doing the same things, tightly controlling things, and making sure that we put these walls around us to defend our positions of power, we're no better than the people we claim to be complaining about. See, this is not about partisanship. This is not about whose jersey you're wearing. This is about legitimacy. And I've always believed legitimacy is self-evident. If you have it, you don't have to beg for it or demand it out of people. It's really that simple. But sadly, we've got a lot of people where we don't have legitimate leadership qualities. And so they resort to stunts like this. Just saying. Mark Meadows. A man I had a lot of respect for at one time. I'd love to talk to him and find out what in the world's going on. He's the North Carolina congressman who serves. He served as Donald Trump's final chief of staff. One of a few Trump allies mentioned in that U.S. House committee's unprecedented report referring the former president to the Justice Department for potential prosecution. I know this is a big story that developed while I was away. The U.S. House committee investigating the January 6th riot of the Capitol accused Trump breaking multiple laws in his bid to overturn the 2020 election, recommended in a 154-page summary of his 18-month investigation, that federal prosecutors examine whether Trump's actions, the buildup to and aftermath of the attack on the Capitol, amounted to violations of four statutes: inciting a resurrection and, and resurrection to salaries This is what happens with sleep deprivation again, inciting an insurrection, obstructing an official proceeding, conspiring to make a false statement and conspiring to defraud the United States. The committee also made a referral for John Eastman, an outside lawyer involved in the effort to overturn the election. In addition to Trump and Eastman, the committee said it believed there was sufficient evidence for referrals to be made for certain other Trump associates under at least two of the relevant statutes. One of those individuals appears to be Mark Meadows. Obstruction of an official proceeding. The joint session of Congress to certify the result of the 2020 election. That was interrupted by rioters. It's the first statute where the committee says it believes there's enough evidence to refer Trump allies. Other than Eastman as well. So they're trying to go after Mark Meadows. This. Let me just tell you. This is all garbage. I am not, and anybody who's listened to this program for the last few years knows that I am not a person who's inclined to kiss anybody's rear end, including Donald Trump's. But this incessant pursuit of Donald Trump and people around him, it's really akin to mental illness. It really is. And now Mark Meadows as well. So, what is going to surprise you? Perhaps this will. BBC reporting on the Trump tax audit. Former president's returns will be made public. A committee in the U.S. House has voted to make public six years of Donald Trump's tax returns. I just have to ask you a question. On what constitutional basis do they do this? What is the basis for this? What is the reason for this? What does this serve? What purpose does this serve? My understanding is these are supposed to be private records. And I'm telling you, anybody who has voted this way to release this information, every single one of these people ought to be prosecuted. I'm serious. This is egregious. And again, this is not about defending Donald Trump. When do you stop targeting a U.S. citizen and putting that person's life through the ringer? When is there an end to this nonsense? This is what happens when you have nothing to offer the American people. Zero. They've been trying to do this for four years. And the Supreme Court decided last month. The panel also revealed the Internal Revenue Service failed to audit Mr. Trump during his first two years in office. The auditing of sitting presidents is mandatory. U.S. presidents are not required by law to release their tax returns. But for decades, they've done so voluntarily. In contrast, Mr. Trump has sought to shield his personal finances. So the House Ways and Means Committee voted 24 to 16 Tuesday evening to publish the documents. All Democrats on the panel in favor, all Republicans opposed. And I'm telling you, these folks are criminals. Every single solitary member of that committee who voted in favor of this. I'm going to refrain from further comments. It's probably a good thing we're up against a hard break. Lest I say some things I probably shouldn't. Stay with us. By the way, on this whole issue of this January 6th committee, and boy, will I be glad to see an end to this foolish nonsense. Once the new Congress comes in, Alan Dershowitz, I mean, this guy is far from some right-wing fanatic. Alan Dershowitz, of all people, he's got an opinion piece that he's put out basically saying the January 6th committee's referral is unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. He said the referral violates both the letter and the spirit of the Constitution for at least two reasons. First, Article 1 of the Constitution grants Congress all legislative powers and only legislative powers. Under our system of separation of powers, remember I talked about this earlier in the broadcast? Wonderful theme here, isn't it? About the importance of the separation of powers, the importance of a balance of power. He goes on. The power to prosecute lies exclusively with the executive branch through the Justice Department. Congress has no authority to refer specific individuals for prosecution. It's beyond the scope of its constitutional authority. Second, Congress is specifically denied the power to pass any bill of attainder. Prior to America's independence, the British Parliament enacted such bills that prosecuted named individuals. Our Constitution prohibited Congress from prosecuting named individuals. The power of Congress is limited to passing laws of general application that can be applied to specific individuals only by the Justice Department and a grand jury. A congressional committee officially voting to refer a named individual for prosecution violates the spirit of the explicit prohibition against congressional bills of attainder. This is pretty common sense, folks. And it's really important for people to understand this, but you have a lot of people who've just stirred up an angry mob. That's all it is. It's an angry mob. I was in a situation the other day where I had a conversation going on behind me. It was all I could do to just keep my mouth shut. Someone talking about the atmosphere of racism in the Trump era. I'm just like, where do you get this stuff? Please turn off the television. Stop listening to these stupid radio shows. Where they're trying to convince you. That Trump is a racist, and all these Trump supporters are racist. Just blows my mind. Over on the text line, you are most trusted from local radio talk shows. Well, thank you. Kind of you to say. Vince, good to have you back. I enjoy listening to you read listener texts. I then decide if the sender is a hopeful glass half full kind of person or a cynical glass half empty kind of person. In my personal life, I strive to be the former. Stay positive, my friend. Nice text there from the upstate. We have this. Crooked witch. What a lead-in after the David Chadwick piece. Hypocrite just like Trump. You should love him. (laughs) Nice loving text. Thank you for sending that in. Good morning, Vince. Why is it we don't hear about another candidate for the Speaker of the House besides McCarthy? Is because no one wants the position? Have a Merry Christmas. That is from Deanna. Same to you, Deanna. And I, I will tell you, I honestly don't think a lot of people do want this. I'm sure it's a headache. I suspect that with so many of these political positions, the only people who want them are power-hungry people. And I, 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 I don't hesitate at all to say that about Kevin McCarthy. Just keeping it real, folks. Another to here. They're not going to stop till they get their picture of Trump in handcuffs. No matter what they have to make up. It's Frank out of Greer. Vince, does Trump pay taxes on the money he donated while president? I do not know. Good question. Vince, let's release the tax returns of every U.S. citizen for the last six years. It's only democratic justice, isn't it? What solutions do we really have? Voting? Well we all see how that is now we have no power I think that's a half empty person <laughs> Vince can we also audit the Fed and show the tax records of Nancy Mitch Tom Tillis Richard Burr etc why not see this is this is what Congress ought to be doing I don't I don't give a rat's ass I really don't about Donald Trump's Tax returns. I do want to see the Federal Reserve's books. How about voting on that rather than wasting our time with this incessant prosecution of one citizen? It's crazy. This texture in the upstate. Vince, it sure took you a long time to come around. Come around to what? have not changed. My position has always been what it is now. There's something wrong when there is an incessant focus on one person. Just continuously, one after effort after another, to take that person down. Democrats have learned from the Republicans how to play hardball. And they're better at it. Thank goodness, this texture says. (laughs) Liz Cheney won't be happy with your comments. Yeah, sad for her. Vince, if it wasn't for Trump and other politicians, the media would become a barren desert overnight. Oh, happy day. You think they're going to stop with President Trump and the shenanigans soon? They will go after every Republican in office, eventually every Republican voter. This is pure banana Republic BS. I fear this could see no end. Yeah, you're right about that. Vince, if they're charging Trump with false statements, doesn't that mean pretty much every member on that board should be charged with the same crime? Should we impeach the J6 committee now, Vince? See, this is the other thing we've got to be careful about. Let's not... pursue revenge or... scurrilous, ridiculous wastes of time like the Democrats have done. Let's do things that actually have substance to them. Substance. I think that's what the American people are looking for. Stay with us.
0: This is the Vince Coakley radio program.